3: This is Seven News with Anne Sanders.
4: Good morning. As the number of new coronavirus cases plunges to six across the country overnight, Sydney's transport system has had its first big test on the way out of lockdown with children back to school today. Let's go live to Peter Feagin in Sydney. Good morning, Peter. There were fears of clogged roads this morning because of a limited capacity on public transport.
3: Well, Anne, it was certainly a busier morning for transport here in Sydney, uh, with all those people returning back to work and, of course, schools returning. But we certainly didn't see those chaotic scenes that were predicted. Extra transport staff were put on to help explain and, of course, enforce new social distancing measures. As we know, Anne, only 12 people are allowed on each bus and 32 per train carriage. But the state government has, in fact, praised commuters for following the rules.
5: Look I'm extremely pleased with the reports we've had to
4: date, it's very early days but I can't thank the community enough for taking the government's advice. Um, The the numbers we've received to date, um, obviously uh, I can't account for every single bus and every single train carriage but generally speaking the numbers are in accordance with the advice
5: we gave.
3: And very similar scenes at our city schools today as well. The government predicts close to 700,000 students will return to the classrooms in Sydney alone. Now, the big fear was, and that the transport system would not keep up with the influx. So many parents across the city were told to drive their kids in. Well, I can tell you firsthand, and here at Annandale Public School this morning, the drop-off was flawless. Many parents decided that walking was their best bet, despite the weather. Now, other schools across the city, of course, did see some large queues at the drop-off. We, we That was to be expected. But just like that, at 9am, the bell rang. That was all forgotten, and and classes uh, started.
5: Dad, look! I can fly! said Geronimo. When I was at home, I, I was bored, and then,
6: yeah, I didn't have anything to do after my studies.
1: It's really nice to know that the kids are in a safe environment, getting back to school.
3: So, all in all, Anne, things ran quite smoothly here in Sydney this morning, but only time will tell if uh, this afternoon will be as cooperative, Anne.
4: All right, some happy parents and kids there. Thank you very much, Peter. Victorian schools will return tomorrow as the toughest lockdown restrictions in the country begin to ease. Melina Saras is in our Melbourne newsroom. Good morning, Melina. There were only two new cases in Victoria overnight.
6: That's right, Anne. And both of those cases are returned travellers who are staying in hotel quarantine. Because of our very low rates of community transmission, some activities have now been eased around Victoria. From June 1, Victorians can stay overnight with family or friends or at holiday homes and camping grounds. But there were some concerns this weekend, with large crowds of people flocking to various landmarks with little regard for social distancing. Victorians have been warned we could face even tougher restrictions if we don't take care that'll be put to the test tomorrow when playgrounds and skate parks along with outdoor gym equipment reopens which coincides with students heading back to school
3: I think
0: all schools understand their obligations to deep clean to ensure that um, to ensure that their facilities are ready for their students
6: so it'll be a big day for preps, Grade 1 and 2, along with Year 11s and 12s, who'll return to school tomorrow. And if that goes well, students from Years 3 to 10 will return to the classroom on Tuesday, June 9. And
4: Melina in Melbourne. Thank you, Melina. More than 800,000 students returned to classrooms across Queensland today in the final phase of school reopenings. There have been five weeks of remote learning this term and one week of student-free days in Term 1.
5: All of our students are back to school today, so I'm quite sure that there's lots of uh, very happy students to be back in the classroom, but also, too, I know there's a lot of happy parents out there.
4: The state has recorded no new COVID-19 cases in the past 24 hours. The federal government is standing by its refusal to extend wage subsidies to more workers after a massive miscalculation of its JobKeeper program. Live to Olivia Leeming in Canberra. Good morning, Olivia. The government maintains this is good news.
1: Yeah, the Treasurer and the Finance Minister trying to put a positive spin on this error, insisting the country has been spared some $60 billion worth of debt after the number of Australians taking up the JobKeeper scheme was massively overestimated by about 3 million people. The program will be reviewed in June as planned, but the government resisting pressure to extend the payments to workers who missed out, including many casuals, university staff and foreign workers not eligible though flagging more relief for those industries struggling the most, such as the tourism sector, housing construction and the arts.
0: Surely there's an opportunity here to adjust the scheme, to extend it to some who have missed out.
5: Of course, I mean, if there are sensible adjustments that can be made at the edges, uh, then that is the whole purpose of that review. Uh, But, you know, in terms of individual sectors in the economy, we'll continue to make judgments as we have uh, as to what uh, is appropriate.
1: Labor argues too many workers aren't receiving enough government support and are having to withdraw from their super early, which will impact their retirement savings and the future burden on the budget. New data from the tax office reveals Australians have withdrawn. More than $13 billion from their retirement savings since the pandemic took hold, with more than half of the applicants aged 35 or under. So about 450,000 Australians who are young people could be worse off down the track, Anne.
4: All right, Olivia, thank you very much. A massive storm continues to cause damage across much of the WA coast, with wind gusts in excess of 100 kilometres an hour. Cassidy Moscone is at Trigg Beach in Perth northwest. Hello there, Cassidy. It's been a wild night. How's the weather where you are now?
2: I am, we seem to be in the thick of it right now. Take a look at the swell here at Trig Beach. They're expecting swells of up to nine and a half meters, they're predicted as a result of this once in a decade superstorm. The brunt of it hit overnight. So far, the SES has received more than 380 calls for help, most of them in Perth. Howling winds have brought down trees and cut power to 50,000 properties. Up in the goldfields, a single flyaway shed smashed into a substation, cutting power to 15,000 customers alone. The severe weather warning area this morning stretches from Calbarry in our north all the way around to Israelite Bay in our south. The Weather Bureau says wind gusts of up to 130 kilometres an hour are possible between Lancelin and Bremer Bay including here in Perth. Now it's not looking like this weather is giving up anytime soon. We're expecting the conditions to hold up into tomorrow.
4: Yeah pretty wild conditions there Cassidy thank you very much for updating us. Sydney's beaches continue to be battered by big waves the swell could be more than five metres and surfers have been warned to stay out of the water the wild conditions are expected to remain until tomorrow. A driver has been arrested after a cyclist was struck and killed in a hit and run on the beach road at Beau Morris, southeast of Melbourne. The 60 year old woman cyclist died at the scene. Cassie Zervos reports.
5: Floral tributes have started to grow at the scene where a cyclist was hit and left for dead yesterday afternoon. The 60-year-old woman was riding along Beach Road in Melbourne's southeast when she was struck by a Holden Commodore. Instead of stopping, the driver and two of his passengers fled the scene, leaving the woman for dead. The car was found shortly after in a residential street four kilometres away from the crash. Two women who were travelling in the Holden waited for police to arrive and have been assisting investigators. Instead of also waiting, the driver ran off, but police were able to track him down late last night and arrested him. Witnesses returned to the scene this morning describing the incident as tragic.
6: Oh, it's extremely sad. I think cars need to slow down. Uh, I think we do need to change the speed limit.
5: The driver is currently in custody assisting investigators and charges are expected later today. In
4: breaking news, a four-year-old has been found dead inside a home in Brisbane's east. This is a live shot of the crime scene which has been established by police at Cannon Hill. There are a few details known at this point. But officers have cordoned off the street. We'll bring you more details as they come to hand. Geelong star Jack Stephen has returned to training for the first time since being stabbed. He suffered a wound to the chest and police have interviewed him and his ex-partner over the incident.
1: Good to get back to training?
3: Yeah, looking forward to it. A little bit cold this morning, but feel good.
1: How are you feeling? Are you feeling a lot better?
3: Yeah, nice and healthy, so I'm looking forward to getting back in.
4: Investigations into exactly what happened are continuing. Donald Trump is accusing China of providing false information about COVID-19. The statement was made as the death toll in the United States approaches the shocking figure of 100,000 lives lost in the pandemic. Amelia Brace reports.
0: Well, this gives you an idea of the magnitude of the lives lost. Today's New York Times listing the names of 1,000 people who've lost their lives to COVID-19. But this is just 1% of the near 100,000 Americans who've died. But despite that death toll continuing to rise, the country is slowly reopening. People flocking to beaches and churches today, with the president saying it's right for life to start to go back to normal.
2: We did the right thing, and now we're doing the right thing by getting it going, getting it open. We have to open.
0: But while Donald Trump is focusing on recovering from the pandemic, he's continuing to make allegations about where it started and who's at fault, once again taking aim at China. It's
2: a very terrible thing, and they could have stopped it If they wanted to, they could have stopped it. Either it was incompetent or they didn't want to. Both are not very acceptable, by the way.
0: China's top diplomat hit back, warning of another Cold War if tensions between the two countries don't ease.
3: Now we must be vigilant that some American political forces are putting Sino-US relations at stake, pushing Sino-US relations to a so-called new Cold War.
0: Relations between Beijing and Washington have deteriorated since the outbreak of the coronavirus, amplifying trade tensions, with Donald Trump threatening to cut off China entirely.
4: British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has spoken up in defence of his top aide, who's accused of breaking the coronavirus lockdown. Dominic Cummings travelled to England's north to stay with his parents, while telling the rest of the country to stay at home.
3: I think he followed the instincts of every father and every parent. I believe that in every respect, he has acted responsibly and legally and with integrity.
4: The Prime Minister has been criticised for defending Cummings. As restrictions ease in Italy, thousands of people have flocked to the beaches for the first time since the lockdown. Large crowds of people gathered to soak up the sun, taking advantage of the warm spring weather. But health authorities are worried about a potential second wave of coronavirus and are desperately urging people to follow social distancing guidelines. Pope Francis has blessed the faithful gathered in St Peter's Square for the first time since the end of the coronavirus lockdown. Dozens of people wearing masks and standing one and a half metres apart came to see the pontiff who waved from his window. Churches throughout Italy have held their first Sunday Masses in almost three months as restrictions are eased. The corruption trial of Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu has begun in Jerusalem. The 70-year-old is accused of bribery, fraud and breach of trust. It's the first time a sitting Prime Minister has been put on trial. Mr Netanyahu, who denies all charges, lashed out at Israel's justice system, accusing police and prosecutors of conspiring to depose him.